0: If you do get married one day, you will see that there's this old cliche uh, where you have to have something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Uh, because I'm not getting married, and all of my friends had their weddings last year, so my, my dance card's pretty empty this year, uh, I thought, why not bring that tradition to the first day of Florida State camp? Let's talk about some vets, let's talk about some rookies, let's talk about some transfers, and let's talk about some guys that are taking their blue pennies off and coming off the injury list. Let's do it.
1: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us here at Locked On Seminoles. Today, we are joined for the second time by our correspondent in Tallahassee, Hunter Steele. Hunter works with Seminole Productions. He works in real radio, and uh, sometimes he slums it with the schmucks like us that do this for a hobby. But most importantly, Hunter, let's just give the people the good news from Tallahassee. What did you see today that you want to let the people know officially happened on the first day of camp?
1: Yeah, so once again, thank you again for having me on, but you know, despite what many people may think, Winston Wright was out at practice today, dressed out in full pads. We don't know if he played or if he participated at all. I'm sure he was doing some sort of special drill. I doubt he was uh, actually involved in playing, but he is back. Uh, that, that's a lot for something, for something of that injury. Um, I didn't expect to see that guy in pads at all this year, so that's huge.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, Winston Wright, for those of y'all that maybe lose track of who these guys are during the offseason and you're tuning back into Locked on Seminoles to, to get the season started with fall camp starting today, he was a wide receiver, transferred to us from West Virginia. He had, I, I think, close to 800 yards receiving in the Big 12 last year. By far the most, um, I, I, I never want to use the term sure thing, but the most... Uh, proven product we picked up in the transfer portal. And he was on campus, I think, for like a week because he came after the spring game. So he couldn't have been here more than two two or three weeks. He was back home for the week between, you know, uh, I guess, what is it, spring and summer B, got in a car wreck where he wasn't driving and it wasn't his driver's fault. So just like complete victim of circumstance, breaks his leg. And we think we've probably lost him for the whole year. Uh, and now he is in shells, you know, or shoulder pads, but it's kind of hard to tell what they're wearing now. I assume it's shells, but like, you know, the shoulder pads keep getting smaller. The shells keep getting bigger. Eh. And, uh, that's just really exciting, man. Like talk to me a little bit about what you think he brings to the receiving core as a whole, just having a guy that we know can produce the way he's produced in the past.
1: Yeah, when you get a guy like that who's done it at the D1 level, something that uh, we kind of have lack of here with our receivers production at the D1 level, when you get a guy like that, it's huge. And especially when you have a lack of punt return and kick return like we have had the past couple years, the, what he brings to the table with that, I think, like you said, it, it would have been a perfect perfect uh, pairing for him to come in and just you know play. But you know, I guess there's other plans in store. And uh, unfortunately, he did withstand that accident. But I mean he's in pads. That's, that is a a miraculous improvement from where I thought he would be. You know, I never thought I would see him here.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, man. I've, I've, I've talked to a few doctors about this because I've got, you know, just a couple I know that have nothing to do with the team and a couple I know that are around the team. Um, and they all say the same thing. The leg is just the most wild card of an injury. I mean, you break it in one place, what, three months later, you're playing football again, two inches higher you're in a cast for eight months. So it sounds like he got really lucky while getting unlucky, but I wanna move on to a few more guys and and tell y'all as fans who you should be most excited about going into camp. Now, let me preface this. Don't let Twitter fool you. We're not gonna play any games during camp. We can't lose the whole season during camp. Brock Glenn allegedly texting Ohio State's coach a little bit more does not mean the world's ending, so, like, we can all just relax. It's four weeks of practice, and then we take on the Duquesne Dukes as a warm-up before we go face LSU. Hunter, I'm going to kick us off, man. Something old that I am excited about and that all the fans should be is Fabian It. But he was part of that, like, 2018 transfer class, came in, it's like, okay, uh, we don't really know what to make of these guys. And, um, y- you know, we were told by people who knew him, hey, look, he's not, did not always apply to himself, maybe is the right way to put it. And if he does, if he turns it on, he's going to be a special player. And we've seen that over two years. We've seen consistent growth. And I think nowadays, so many kids coming out of high school are already going through Amazing strength programs. They're getting they're going through seven ons. Oh, you know weekend week out They're going to places like IMG Academy and you don't often expect a kid to progress much past like his sophomore year So it's great when you see a guy like Fabian where a lot of people had frankly written him off two years ago and then last year you watch and he was just a disruptive force, uh, left and right, feeding sacks to the outside. So I expect him to take a big step. And uh, I think fans should be really fired up about having him anchoring the interior defensive line with Coop.
1: 100%. I, he's a guy who, I'm going to be completely honest, I thought he was gone at the end of last year. I did not know he was going to come back. He definitely blessed us with coming back because I don't know where this interior D-line would be right now had he not. So like, like I'm extremely excited to have him. He's, he's a guy we need desperately um a vet i'm excited to see and this kind of correlates with the theme of the off season and i guess the end of last season but cam mcdonald cam mcdonald is a guy that's been here through what is it three coaching staffs now two yep. if anything his career stats he's just leveling right about 500 yards 550 career yards and like i was saying this correlates with the trend of jordan travis progressing i think with jordan travis is going to have his best career a, or his best season as a seminal I think that correlates with Cam McDonald also having his best season as Seminole, surpassing 300 yards at least. And that's not even asking that much. Um, Cam McDonald's a guy I'm excited about, a guy who's a leader in the locker room. And you know, I I think Norvell will finally get to uh, utilize his tight ends this year the way he would like to. And I think Cam McDonald will reap the benefits of that.
0: Yeah. And we talked about this earlier in the week, Drake and I did, where it feels like Cam McDonald doesn't necessarily get the love he deserves, which... How did I put it? It's not his fault the coaching staff has failed in recruiting certain types of tight ends. Like, he is a true pass catching tight end. He's six foot four. He's sitting around, I think, 255 is what they have him listed at right now. He's not going to put his hand in the dirt like Jordan Wilson and blow guys off the ball. But it's not his fault. Like, that's the coaching staff's job to go get someone that can do that and let him do what he does best. I really have no complaints about his game. Um, the only thing I think I want to see more of from him is if you watch the Louisville game two years ago, uh, first play before Jordan did his little ball dribble magic into the end zone, um, Jordan's about to take a sack. There's Cam McDonald, dumps it off to him. Two plays later, same drive, same little thing. He he got really good at finding open spots. And last year, I feel like he, he didn't quite have that Maybe they weren't synced up. Maybe the instinct wasn't quite there, but like Jordan Travis needs a Nick O'Leary style tight end that can just find an open place and be the safety valve because, um, you know, I I think our O-line is going to improve and we'll talk about that next, but yeah, he's going to, he's going to need some safety valves. So Uh, folks, if you're joining us, that means you love sports. I love sports. Hunter loves sports. And now in all 50 States, you can, uh, you can wager on sports if, if you are so inclined. Now, if you're going to do that, you want to make sure you go the play to the place with the most lines. See, gambling is not something you're going to win by going head up with a book. They're going to beat you every time. They have computers. They have artificial intelligence, machine learning stuff. They're better at it than you. But they have to make a line for every game. You get to be selective about which games you play. So go to betonline.net. They've got info. They've got the most lines, and they will let you be as selective as you need to be to put together a winning ticket every week. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Folks, as always, thank you for stopping by Locked on Seminoles. You know that I love doing this, and I only get to do it because you do what you do and keep on coming back every day. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you follow us on whatever platform you get your podcast from and rate, review, all of that good stuff. But we are going through the wedding, I don't know, what would you call it, the the wedding inventory today so we talked about something old i want to talk about something new and you know hunter i think people were so disappointed this past signing day still are i get it whatever but guys we got to get over this thing that we forgot that we did land an amazing blue chip defensive back in sam mccall a six foot one 200 pound college ready seven on seven freak athlete as well who if travis hunter wasn't in the class may have been a top five athlete in the class And he's on our team this year And he's probably gonna get to play his natural position of just like a true coverage corner because we've got guys like Sidney williams out in the back out in the back end that can thump at strong safety and We've got guys like duke cooper who can cover out at free safety So I am super pumped about sam mccall. Obviously, we're gonna have to see how he develops um as camp goes on but folks if you've been on twitter and you feel like oh man we can't recruit anymore you're not entirely wrong but Sam McCall is the exception to that and you should be very very fired up that Sam McCall is on this roster what about you hunter who is a new guy that you're fired up to see in the garden and gold this season
1: yeah so i'm just going to ignore or i shouldn't say ignore but i'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there az thomas i would say his name i'm just going to just going to
0: you just call out. him. You can just call him Iggy Thomas. Is yeah, it? yeah. Iggy. Az
1: Iggy. Thomas is. I'm not even gonna try and say it. But anyway, like you, you said, you know, everyone was really disappointed with this last signing day whole debacle, and we got two really, really good defensive backs out of this class. You just mentioned McCall, and Thomas is the other one. He's 89th overall player in the nation. Comes from right down the road. I mean, I don't know what more you could want out of a guy than to come literally an hour away. Um, six 181 pounds. I, he's a guy that. Could legit be a first round pick out of FSU as a as a defensive back, and that doesn't happen too often. You know, when guys come through like that, they're pretty special. So he's a guy that I'm definitely going to be watching. I don't know how much playing time we'll get because seems like the cornerback rooms a revolving door right now. Because without, I mean, without the exception of Duke Cooper, but um, I, he's a guy that I'll definitely be excited to watch.
0: Yeah, dude, you can never have enough defensive backs, though. I mean, we've learned that. I, uh, I mean, you want to talk about getting hurt and recruiting? I have learned. Never to get your hopes too high about a returning Florida State defensive back in his red shirt sophomore season. Like, how many times have we been hurt by one of those? Um, where it's like, oh man, preseason All American and totally bust that year. Uh the money year, look, it's a tough year when you're in that position because I think what happens to a lot of guys is you start getting the hype, you know, okay. I've got to get my name out there. I've got to make plays. And then people start avoiding you because it's college. You don't have the parity that you have in the NFL. There's always, unless you're like Alabama or Georgia, there's always going to be a weaker side of the field. So opposing coaches and opposing quarterbacks start game planning for that. So then what happens? They start pressing and they start trying to make plays. The mistakes creep in. It's just, it's a tale as old as time. And I don't think we're going to see that this year with anyone, but if we do, it's good to know we've got Sam McCall and Iggy Thomas. that can both step up and take over if need be now something borrowed. Gosh, it wasn't that long ago in college football, when you transferred, you had to sit out a year. Like I remember when we got Everett Golson and it was like this weird, like, Oh, huh, you can just change schools no, yeah. and they do that. It was kind of neat. Um, But now, you know, it's a it's a fact of life in college football. And we got probably the best transfer that we've gotten as far as proven commodities in the transfer portal era this year in Tatum Bethune. If you don't know who that is, he's a linebacker. And yes, folks, I am fired up about a Florida State linebacker. I got three reasons. Number one, 108 tackles last year at UCF. It's not a power five school. But it's also not an FCS school, 108 total tackles. He was 36th in the nation in solo tackles, 37th in combined total tackles, had a 75 overall from PFF, and just to add a little sweetener to it, my man had seven tackles against the Gators in his bowl game. So I'm fired up for those two reasons. Plus, he's reuniting with Randy Shannon. Randy Shannon was promoted from an off-field analyst to our co-defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach he's also the guy who recruited tatum bethune at ucf and coached him for a year and if you look at the pff grades hunter tatum bethune's best year was the one year he played for randy shannon so you got a kid that was a nation leader not nation leader but a top 50 guy at his overall in tackles last year by the way our best linebacker last year had 69 tackles nice so he beat our best linebacker by 40 tackles last year and he's reuniting with the coach under whom he had his best year so if you're not fired up about that and tatum bethune i folks gosh don't even renew the youtube tv s- subscription this year like just just go buy a tax shaver and save yourself the trouble on saturdays
1: i'm glad you mentioned that last point because i i don't think it should be overstated he had 20 more tackles than our leading tackler last year jamie robinson yep he was a massive loss for ucf and a massive gain for us i mean we Desperately needed help at the linebacker position. That's a name every Florida State fan will, I guarantee, you, will know at the end of the year.
0: Let me ask you this: Do you do you think if 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 nothing goes horribly wrong with Fuller to the point where it's like, oh, thank God we have a co DC? Do you think Tatum Bethune alone was worth having to put Randy Shannon on full time staff, or how, how do you feel about this about the Randy Shannon promotion?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I think it's tough to tell. If Tatum Bethune is everything we think he could be, and you know, because I think linebacker play is really the difference between wins here and there, because we've seen yeah. that the past couple of years with guys blowing assignments and just guys that aren't ready to see the field. Tatum Bethune could legit be the difference between us winning, you know, an extra two three games with his, just making tackles and making plays and being a leader. So, am I wrong for saying yes?
0: <laughs> no, I, I look. I, I think it's probably worth it. I need to see some recruiting. Uh, it's great that he landed Tatum Bethune, but that is a uh, that is a bit of a sidetrack for a different day. Um, gosh, it'll be nice to have a linebacker that can tackle, though. So, what about you? So, someone borrowed transfer. There's so many to pick from. Hunter, who is the most tantalizing transfer on the tip of your tongue that you want to get the people fired up about?
1: Yeah. So, you said it's nice to have a linebacker that can finally tackle. It's nice to have a receiver that's over six foot five, and in this case, six foot seven. Johnny Wilson is a name everyone will know at the end of the year, just like Tatum Bethune. Geez, it's been a while since we've had a big body. I mean, we mentioned it last time I was on, how we were last season throwing fades to Keyshawn Helton. That will no longer happen, I can guarantee. Oh, can't guarantee that. I'm not calling the plays. But we may sure. see a fade ball to a guy that is is six seven this season in Dope Campbell. So I'm very excited about that. First big body receiver we've really had since, I mean, Auden Tate. And, you know, having a guy that can go up and get the ball in the red zone is – think it will really be big for Jordan Travis. We haven't, like I said, we haven't had anybody like that for the past couple years. So having a legit red zone threat like that, that can go up and grab a ball. It's, I think it'll be paid dividends for old Jay Trav.
0: Yeah. And people forget when there's knocks against Jordan's throwing, it's not the deep ball, right? People knock his throwing over the middle, his intermediate stuff. Although there's some data that disproves that his close range stuff over the middle, isn't great. His deep ball's solid if someone can get separation, right? Like last year we saw multiple times where you had him throwing deep balls to guys that just weren't getting away from the defender. And you look at plays like Miami. I uh, I, I, had the privilege of having COVID this past weekend. So when I ran out of stuff to watch, I watched our entire season via condensed games. Um, and it's like Ja'Kai Douglas Get separation on that last route and you're like, oh yeah, that's how a go route's supposed to be ran. Like you're supposed to get four or five yards away from the defender. Everything doesn't have to be a contested catch because the guy can't get open. So it's exciting to have a guy that's actually got some size on the outside and can do some blocking too. Number one rated uh, run blocking wide receiver last year per pro football focus But I want to talk about something blue. And I don't mean blue like our spirits are after a loss, which hopefully won't happen very often this year. Talking about the blue jerseys, the injuries, guys coming off injury. And my guy, I got him written down, but I don't even have to look at it. It's Dennis Briggs. Folks, let me take you on a little journey of Dennis Briggs. Dennis Briggs was a commit back in 2018, so under the Willie Taggart staff. And he was a four-star commit, but he was a bit of a project. I think he was about 245 pounds, 6'4", so more of a... uh, gosh nowadays more of a linebacker build than a defensive end uh came in redshirted put some size on and in 2020 had a bit of a breakout year uh 28 tackle or 2019 I'm sorry had 28 tackles we were looking forward to 2020 and he just kind of just kind of didn't show up I don't know I, Hunter you were were you in Tallahassee in 2020 other than covid w- were they given like our defensive line, a special kind of water with bad stuff in it. Like it, the whole D line just didn't show up in 2020. It, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that was all about. I think maybe the leadership in the room. Yeah.
0: It. Well, you know, so it's okay though. Hey, sometimes it's good not to get drafted because you get paid more on your, uh, free agent contract contractor, whatever, whatever your agent says. So anyway, uh, Briggs falls victim to that. Then he gets named the defensive most improved player of the year because the last five games, he all of a sudden shows back up and he starts playing D end again. He comes in in 2021. He's 280 pounds. We're excited. We're like, all right, so we've got a guy that had 28 tackles in 2019 plus like 25 pounds. He can set the edge and he gets hurt against Louisville. Fourth game of the year. He actually, by the way, Hunter, in that game, he scored an 81.1 per pro football focus before he got hurt. Uh, on a chop block because God forbid they make rules that protect the defense. Um, everything is going to be targeting by the end of the decade, but you know, you want to tee off on a 280 pound kid's knee by all means, knock yourself out. Uh, so I'm excited to see what he could do this year, man. You look at his weight, he's still sitting around 280. Um, I can tell you just from being sick for three days or, you know, being a wrestler, uh, it's hard to keep weight on when you're not able to work out the way that, you're used to, right? You don't have your appetite. You're not keeping the muscle on. So I'm hoping the size that he kept is all good size. But we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks here. And if it is, I, I think we could see a really big year from Dennis Briggs stepping up on the outside.
1: Yeah, he was a guy last year that I think you kind of forgot that he was kind of in the shuffle, but not not due to him, you know, his performance. It was due to his lack of performance because he wasn't playing at all. I think having a body like that in the lineup, if anything, is huge. And a guy that's been around the program, I this is like, like you said earlier in the in the show, that his money year. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, man. It's 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 one of those things where I, I wonder. I I gotta think it's a positive. I don't wonder. I just kind of assume it's a positive. These guys that, you know, they went through the whole Taggart thing, and then they saw, and then here comes Norvell, and then COVID hits, and it's like, man, if you can get through that, like, you gotta think he's playing with some kind of chip on his shoulder, and he must really love the game of football. So it's like, let's get after it, and let's have. Not just a repeat of 2019, but let's take that thing to the next level. And um, look, if, if we got to replace a first round pick in Jared Verse. Or, uh, sorry, in Jermaine Johnson. It's going to be tough to do. And Dennis Briggs is going to be a huge part of doing that by committee, plain and simple. But I think he can be, I think he can take that next step. And again, fans, when he gets like 40 tackles, just remember who told you first. Dennis Briggs Jr., baby. Remember
1: where you got that scoop? Um, I guess the blue guy I'm excited about for lack of a better term, would be a guy who was really blue this last year. He was really, really hurt. And he is a new name to Seminole. I was going to say Seminole Nation. That doesn't sound right. To the Knowles. Trey Benson from Oregon, running back. Everyone remembers him from the spring game. I don't know how many people know this. He tore his ACL, MCL, meniscus, and another tendon in his knee. So if you're looking for an injured guy, this is indeed an injured guy. But spring game seven for seven seven for 77 yards pretty impressive performance behind kind of a shuffling deck of cards o-line i'm really excited to see what he can do i mean jay sean corbin's another guy last year we had running back come in with a blown up knee and he had a pretty productive year i think he had a really strong year and trey benson's a guy i think he can come in and have a pretty darn good year especially behind this this improved o-line we have more bodies he doesn't have to worry about his one of his starters going down and then him having to uh of brady scott block for him yeah right
0: seriously man and, and look we're gonna we're gonna need it from him um the run is gonna be so important this year it was last year i think we were a 66 67 run team um and we're going to need to do that again, like you said, with Johnny Wilson. Uh, we also got transfers, Winston Wright, who we spoke about, who hopefully will be able to see the field. Um, we have the sort of project-induced in due span. Uh, Josh Burrell should be back, Malik McClain, all those guys. But this is not a pass-first team. Like, we just – until we can see the pass protections there, until we can see that, like, you know, these guys don't drop half the balls that come their way and those kinds of things – we're going to need to go with what works and what works is going to need to be the ground game. And i I dude, I'll be honest when I'm glad you said uh, Trey Benson, because when I watched the spring game, rewatched it, I completely forgot about him in that, in that game. I knew I obviously remembered him, but dude, he's got something. He is explosive. Um, I don't know if he's a Jay Sean Corbin yet, but that spring game was like three months ago. It'll be over four months ago by the time that, uh, by the time that foot hits leather against Duquesne, so if we can have that explosive threat there, if TreShaun can just do literally exactly what he did last year, no more, no less, and then Lawrence Toafili can give us like a little bit more, this could be a damn good running back room.
1: Yeah, I agree, especially with Jordan, you know, calling the shots and running everything with how elusive he is with his legs and how dynamic he is. It's, I mean, we're gonna run the ball. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah, man. And, and final thought, I want to leave the folks on. I'm, I'm glad you said the, the thing about being elusive with his legs. This is just Max getting on his podium. But folks, we're going into a football season where we're not expected to only win three games. Uh, it has been a very long slog. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, we're going to win, you know, 10 games and we're going to push for a, a, an Atlantic division title and all that. But just remember why you do this. We do this because it's fun. If it gets to the point where it just completely sucks all the time just watch something else i mean seriously your blood pressure doesn't need it but i was watching jordan and i was i was going through the games and um yeah there were points hunter where we just like dude we stalled out i mean that was that was the ethos of this offense last year right it was like go and go install and but dude he is just so much freaking fun to watch when everything's clicking like the way he just moves around the football field uh, the things that he does with the ball in his hand, just enjoy it. So I hope that all the fans enjoyed this episode as much as we're going to enjoy watching Jordan Travis play football and lead the Noles to a lot of victories this year. I'm Max. That was our correspondent on the ground in Tallahassee, Hunter Steele. And this was Locked on 7. Don't
1: worry, sweet buzzers. It's a bird.
0: Yeah.